Oh boy. Ooh, that was a nice crack there. So, uh, yeah. well, what did we miss during our much needed, much appreciated winter hibernation period? Thank you for not bothering we, us. We crawl into the news caves and uh, you know, fatten up first, of course, and then come out fresh and ready to news again. I do love when people are like, we miss you or things are going to hell or can't wait till you get back because, hey, it makes us feel wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, compared to previous years, such as the one with the Capitol riot, not much actually happened. Yeah. Uh, still, the news never stops, even when we too. Uh, for starters, uh, I know you're all wondering, the Yevlebakken, that giant straw goat over in Sweden that's been just so prone to arson over the years, it survived unscathed. However, in exchange for the goat's survival, sacrifices were made elsewhere in the form of... Uh, Pope Benedict, everyone's favorite pope. Yeah. Uh, Barbara Walters, everyone's favorite old news lady, and Pele. Uh, Le legitimately, legitimately everyone's, yeah. <laughs> everyone's soccer favorite player. soccer player. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. That, like the only social media I checked the entire time on vacation was uh, the goat to see if it would burn. And I was, you know, I don't want to say I'm disappointed, but uh, you know, it's whatever. Yeah. It'll make next year's burning that much more satisfying. I think so. Um, now, uh, moving on, though, Argentina beat France at the World Cup, and the Salt Bay guy annoyed Messi after the game, and everyone wondered why weird. you are there. Why are you there? You're not even Argentinian. Get and off the pitch. Literally, how did there was, a, like, I guess, an investigation of how he even got down there, because... Oh, he's the Salt Bay. He just goes like this, and they, it opens doors. Mm, that elbow sweat is really what but sets yeah, the... Messi was not having any of it, and uh, we were all messy in that moment. Oh, and uh, as of today, the Republicans are back in charge of Congress. Problem is, they can't seem to actually agree on who they want as House Speaker, which is very funny. It's hilarious. Kevin McCarthy uh, has lost uh, the bid twice now. Well, you know, third time's a charm. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, also funny is the fact that one of their new members was recently outed as possibly the world's most prolific liar. And we will talk about George Santos, if that's even his real name, later this week. But this is Tech News Day, and we do kind of have to keep on topic a little bit. We'll go over the, the tech news that we've missed from the past few weeks. All, and that, all that tech news. Yeah, so there's not much to report from the wider world of tech. Most of the tech business, apparently, likes their holiday time. Yeah. Like us. Most but not all. One tech titan would much rather shitpost than spend time with his weird large family, and that man is, of course, <coughs> Elon Musk. We ended the year talking about him. We're going into the new year talking about Hopefully him. Hopefully a lot less talk about him this year, but I doubt it. Anyway, just because, you know, we got sick of covering him does not mean that he stopped. Of course he didn't stop. No. In fact, there's a couple loose threads that we left dangling back in 2022 that we should probably revisit now that uh, some new information has come to light. Yeah, so when we last left off, Twitter was in a bit of a chaotic moment with free speech warrior Elon swinging his ban hammer at just any journalist brazen enough to acknowledge the existence of publicly available flight data for his private jet and the existence of other social media networks where that data might be found after its removal from Twitter. As justification, he claimed that the Elon Jet flight tracker account had directly led to a terrifying incident in which a vehicle carrying his children was attacked. Uh, it was pretty clear right off the bat that Elon Jet did not and could not uh, have actually played a part in such an incident. Uh, planes and cars are very different types of vehicles. The incident happened nowhere near an airport, and Elon Jet hadn't even posted that day. That's the most important part, mm -hmm. I think. But uh, here's The Guardian with the cops version of events, which, of course, dropped right after we signed off for mm -hmm. the year. 
A new statement from local police provides the first official account of what happened during the incident. The South Pasadena Police Department has confirmed that an incident involving two vehicles was reported to the police on Tuesday night, but said that a member of Elon Musk's security team is currently a suspect in the investigation, not a victim. A 29-year-old man from Connecticut told the South Pasadena Police on Tuesday that a driver in another vehicle had confronted him in a parking lot, accused him of following him on the 110 freeway, and then struck the man with his vehicle as he was leaving the parking lot. Last Thursday, quote, South Pasadena police learned the suspect involved in this case is believed to be a member of Elon Musk's security team, the department said in a statement. Uh, okay, so the guy from Connecticut who Elon's driver tried to run over uh, is how it's apparently a bit, he's a bit obsessed with Elon's ex Grimes. Grimes! To the point that he believes she's sending him coded messages through Instagram posts, though there's no indication that she was in any of those cars involved. Yeah. And there's also zero indication that the location of Elon's plane had anything to do with the weird altercation. Nor do the police back up Elon's claims that the guy climbed onto his car's hood, unless you consider being hit by a car and climbing onto a car to be the same thing. They do sometimes happen. And this together. is like, Elon's like, well, the Cybertruck solves this. There would be nothing left of this person if we had hit him with the Cybertruck. That's right. Uh-huh. That's right. He would have been, uh, he would have been dust. And you can't uh, hold on to the hood of the car no, because you'll cut yourself. it's got, uh, you know, Teflon on it. Yeah. And in the summer, you try touching that car, you're going to get burned. Mm. It's like the slide down the playground in the middle of July. Yeah. You want to do it. Stand in front of it. Anyway, as of a week after all of that, Elon Jet was back on Twitter, but not because he was let back on. Uh, Jack Sweeney simply created a new account, at Elon Jet Next Day, where he posts the exact same stuff that he used to post, but with a 24-hour delay. Thus, now in full compliance with Twitter's doxing policies. And as of right now, he's still posting, at least until Elon comes up with a newer and even more vague definition of doxing. Anyway, remember how... Following all of this nonsense, Elon posted a poll asking Twitter users whether he should resign as CEO, and Twitter answered with a resounding yes. Oh, wait, you don't fucking know that, because that happened after we left, like yeah. literal hours later. And you did exactly what we did. You, you shut everything you, off. You just, nah, 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 nah. You got a, a Faraday cage for your phone, and you said, screw it. You're like, fuck the real world. I'm going to Pandora. I'm going to swim and fly around. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do some tail with fucking. With those Smurfs. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I guess we, we got to cover that poll now. Yeah. So on Sunday, December 18th, Elon posted this poll. Should I step down as head of Twitter? I will abide by the results of this poll. And after 24 hours, yes, won with 57.5% of the vote. And that's a wider margin of victory than any US presidential election since Ronald Reagan. The people have spoken. Vox Populi, Vox Day. We did it. We did it, Reddit. Except, no, we, we didn't do shit. For starters, he's still the CEO of Twitter. And uh, that's not exactly surprising, considering CEO searches, they can take a while. And as Elon himself said in the wake of the poll, I will resign as CEO as soon as I find someone foolish enough to take the job. After that, I will just run the software and server teams. You know what? Why not just uh, go completely hands-on? Yeah, um, not really known as a software server guy. Also, um, with the margins... Probably a better person for those jobs as well. With the margins you're operating on, finding a competent CEO who's willing to take the job, uh, probably a little bit tough. I know Jean Legere, uh, who is very eccentric and probably the perfect fit. He threw his hat in the ring. But then on the other side of things, you also have like the quartering who's like, sir, please, please. Oh my God. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. the quartering. He, He's like just been typing like, he's uh, like, this is the most important moment in the history of humankind. 
And then just please, please vote no. Free flowing ideas, like to sir, Mr. Elon, please. Here's how I would do things. Yeah, John Ledger would be uh, interesting. That'd be interesting. He has his own uh, alter ego that he can blame things on. The, yeah, oh, the that Ledger was Ledger doll, doll not yeah. me. Yeah, I think uh, they hate better than nothing. He'd be a fun. He'd be the type of CEO that Twitter needs. Just uh, a cheerleader who knows he doesn't know jack shit about the actual technology yes. behind it. Yeah, and is just out there being like. Here's a poll. Like, what do you guys like? And he has like breakfast un- or dinner. Unwavering uh, positivity to the to the point where you can't like you can make fun of him, but he won't even like look at it or acknowledge it. Whereas Elon takes it as a personal yeah. jab every time. John Lesnar only gets sassy when it's like other brands. We need to stop sucking his dick right now because he's gonna watch this and he's gonna come for us. He will. That, that weird man. Anyway, yeah. also the poll literally did not matter at all. Musk has planned on finding a new permanent CEO for Twitter to replace him. For a while, since the beginning, Mm -hmm. when he first bought Twitter, he told investors that he only expected to run Twitter for a short period of time. Just going to fix things. Yeah. Just going to run in there, do my thing, and then uh, leave. My work here is done. Yes. But yeah, there's also likely some external pressure factors at play here. Um, For one thing, I don't know if you've checked the market lately, but uh, Tesla stock is doing fucking terrible. Mm -hmm. Like, literally worse than Bitcoin. As in, you'd have been better off buying Bitcoin a year ago than buying Tesla. In the worst year that Bitcoin has had since its inception, in a lot of ways. So, yeah, Tesla investors, including some pretty big ones, some pretty big ones who've been there for a long time, have been uh, pretty openly critical of Musk lately over his apparent focus on Twitter, over Tesla, the company he's known for. When the, while their investments are just drying up. Sir, sir, please. Yeah. They're starting to get, they're, like, usually they're very deferential. Sir, Elon, please, all respect. You know, I bow before it. Now they're, they're getting a little less deferential. There now. are cracks forming in even like, the most solid foundations. Hey, why don't you go run your other fucking company? I'm losing a lot of money over here. Yes. Uh, so there's also the possibility that the people who helped Elon buy Twitter are not happy with his leadership. Uh, right before tweeting his poll, Musk was spotted in Qatar at the World Cup, flanked by Jared Kushner, of all people, but also the CEO of Qatar's Sovereign Wealth Fund, which chipped in hundreds of millions of dollars on the Twitter deal. Hmm. Wonder uh, what they talked about. Yeah. <laughs> Did the Qataris and possibly their fellow Twitter investors from Saudi Arabia maybe suggest to Musk that he step down from Twitter and stop embarrassing them? Maybe, but who's to say? Yeah. Um, not, not investors I would want to... Well, not investors I would take on in the first place. No! But if I took them on as investors, they're not the types of investors I would uh, want to get on the bad side of because they've been known to, I don't know, have people killed and shit like that. Mm -hmm. Anyways, Elon continues adding improvements to Twitter, much needed improvements, such as uh, adding view counts to every tweet and putting that number first underneath each tweet before retweets, before likes. Who needs that shit? Who cares? I want to see the views. He did it because the muscle memory, instead of clicking like now, it accidentally clicks retweet, so it's more. Yeah, that might be it. (laughs) But yeah, view counts on posts, it's something that literally only advertisers care about. Mm -hmm. Uh, The main effect that this has on normal users is pretty negative. You, You actually get to see just how many people scroll past your tweet without engaging with it at all which can be quite a lot of people. Yeah. The ratio, uh, it's very interesting looking at tweets and seeing the ratio of- New view, ratio uh, just dropped. Yeah, the, the ratio of views to engagement on some tweets. There was one this past weekend where it was like hundreds of thousands of people had seen this tweet by this one uh, right-wing journalist and he'd gotten like 10 likes or something. Yeah, that's the thing is like you, you, you see it and you're like, I don't even want to engage in this. Like. That's what's so funny is he's invented a new ratio. Yeah, and it's also <laughs> and it's also new ratio just dropped. It's also a metric 
that has been proven to be inconsequential uh, in very public ways over the past 10 years. Most notably, Facebook and their video views. Yeah. We went through this already. Yeah. These are not real views. A view These, is not necessarily... It's not even a view. view. This yeah. is an impression. By definition, this is a yeah. fucking impression. Because no one's interacting with it, or it's impossible to tell. But yeah, before this, you could think to yourself, well, if only people saw my tweets, I'd get, all, I'd get so many likes and retweets on them, I just need them to be in front of people's eyes. And then, oh man, I'd be an influencer just like that. But now you can know for a fact that people did see your posts and they hated them. Yeah. So that feels nice. Well, now I do have to pay the eight or 11, $12 a month because then more people will see the tweets and that's really what's holding me back. It, this has also it's, uh, predictably pissed off the like dumb guy right-wing dumb guy contingent of Elon's fan base who are always, before they were always complaining about being shadow banned and uh, ha and all that. Now they're like, obviously I'm being shadow banned in some way because people are seeing, I'm, my view counts are high, but my likes and retweets are so low. It's like, that's not even how that would work. If a you're being shadow banned, no would, would go a long it. way. Uh, maybe, maybe your posts just suck. Yeah. Get, make better posts. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, another new improvement though. Even more badges. I love badges. So the blue check mark is utterly meaningless now that anyone can buy it for eight, eleven, twelve dollars. Yeah, whatever it is now. Uh, which of course is not something business accounts on Twitter were very happy about. Uh, but good news, now official business accounts on Twitter have a square profile picture and a gold verified check mark. We did it. It's gold. So I mean, sure. Uh, okay. Visual aesthetics aside, I guess this works for them. But yeah, anyways, there's also been plenty of interesting journalism about the behind the scenes happenings at Twitter. So let's look at this from the Washington Post. Uh, they posted this on Christmas Eve. Ho, ho, ho. Elon Musk was speechless. The Twitter CEO was on a live audio chat Tuesday night with software engineers when one user started quizzing him about the internal workings of the company's systems. Musk, who hours earlier said he would keep control of Twitter's software systems, even though he plans to relinquish the CEO role, said the company's code needed a complete rewrite. One of the participants asked what he meant, pushing for him to explain it from top to bottom. Amazing. Wow, Musk said after hesitations and pauses. You're a jackass. What a moron. More from the article. <laughs> he has been holed up in a 10th floor conference area with a staging room for visitors, where they often remain for more than an hour before being called in. They are instructed not to speak until Musk does. And when they do finally meet with him, he's sometimes watching YouTube videos. <laughs> Ooh, I wonder who he's watching. Oh, hi, Elon. These guys are such assholes to me. Uh, <laughs> many staffers have quickly learned they can't rely on the erratic and unpredictable Musk, even as he makes assurances about the various facets of the company they have raised as concerns. Um, also, this is like old business mindset, yeah. like making them wait, don't talk until, uh, and having this room that they have to wait outside. It's this that is old like old business, like alpha move, like always show up ten minutes late to your own meeting. I would not, which be, he also does. I would not be surprised if he recently watched Mad Men for the first time and was like, mm -hmm. "We're doing it all wrong." I, I'm basically the Don Draper of today, so uh... give me ten of the hottest secretaries you can find in San Francisco. Yeah, uh, a lot of this article talks about Twitter's FTC consent decree, which has been in effect since 2011 when Twitter experienced multiple huge data breaches. Basically, Twitter is required by the government to go above and beyond protecting user data privacy. And they also regularly have to keep the FTC up to date on how that's going. So here's how that's going. The driving team behind Project Eraser, which carries out functions such as deleting the user data of those who ask, part of compliance with federal requirements, has been gutted. Musk has brought in a new roster of leaders, many who are loyalists. 
When one executive met with Musk and voiced concerns about the Federal Trade Commission's consent decree, Musk assured that person there was nothing to worry about. He said Tesla had plenty of experience on privacy matters and pointed to his deep knowledge and awareness of the constraints Twitter was under. Minutes after the meeting concluded, a subordinate of Musk emailed, would the executive be willing to send over a copy of the consent decree they had just discussed? Oof. Yeah, sure, FTC, because whatever, who gives a shit? The FTC simply <laughs> won't let me be. Yeah, he, all the three-letter agencies, he's, uh, he's going to piss them all off. FCC? Maybe they, I don't know, depending on what happens with like Section 230, may, might get I, them on his back. Uh, the, IRS? Possible. As we've seen, um, CIA. It, even in extreme cases, you can only do this like dance for so long before yeah. they come home to roost. I mean, you can't just like ignore and delay and delay and delay the uh, an FTC consent decree. You just can't. It's, it's can't also funny too, like him taking over and being like, no, look, the site technically still operational. And it's yeah. like, okay, but it is noticeably reduced in quality and availability and bandwidth and everything. I mean, sorry, it does take time for things to crumble. So we'll see. Uh, the article also discusses how a lot of the people still left working at Twitter who understand the consent decree were a bit alarmed when Musk started doing his whole Twitter files thing and brought in opinion journalist Barry Weiss to oversee it, uh, telling staff in a message, please give Barry full access to everything at Twitter. No limits at all. Uh, sir, sir, there's the FTC. Shut uh, yeah, so that, yeah, letting some random non-employee rifle through company files with no limits would appear to be in violation of the consent decree, but who knows? Especially we, no legal documents signed or anything with... Yeah. He also, in the wake of the Twitter files, just fired a bunch of his like legal department who was also probably the ones who were on the ball with the consent decree. I mean, it's... They're it, gone. It, it, yeah, I hate to bring up another name we cover too much, but, uh, you know, it, it reeks of Donald Trump's actions where you fire everyone until you find someone that will say yes yeah. and agree with everything. A proven strategy. And will uh, inadvertently or otherwise take the blame for it uh, because they have to now, because you've oh, and, and, incriminated them. And like Donald Trump, he, uh, you know, he did gracefully accept the results of that, that poll, but he also, uh, in a lot of replies to other people, was like, oh yeah, I mean, obviously, obviously I would have won if not for all the bots. It's like, again, wasn't that like the main thing you were gonna fix and keep saying that you did fix? Bitch, Why is this, you can't use this as your convenient like excuse for shit when you run the company. Now. You lost a poll on your own website, you <laughs> fucking loser. <laughs> uh, anyways, a few days later on December 29th, the New York Times published some more interesting behind the scenes reporting. Here's some of that. Elon Musk's orders were clear, close the data center. Early on Christmas Eve, members of the billionaire's staff flew to Sacramento, the site of one of Twitter's three main computing storage facilities, to disconnect servers that had kept the social network running smoothly. Some employees were worried that losing those servers could cause problems, but saving money was the priority, according to two people who were familiar with the move but not authorized to talk about it. The data center shutdown was one of many drastic steps Mr. Musk has undertaken to stabilize Twitter's finances. Over the past few weeks, Twitter had stopped paying millions of dollars in rent and services, and Mr. Musk had told his subordinates to renegotiate those agreements or simply end them. The company has stopped paying rent at its Seattle office, leading it to face eviction, two people familiar with the matter said. Janitorial and security services have been cut, and in some cases, employees have resorted to bringing their own toilet paper to the office. And I, That is one way to save money. The TP can add up. You know. I, yes, they're probably bringing it themselves because it's been reduced to like one ply. Yeah. They're like, sir, 
you, you have to go to Elon himself. You got to wait out there. You got to come in. Don't speak until he speaks. And you say, sir, please, may I have a ply? Three slices of toilet paper, sir. And also, I, I, would, I would bet, and this is always my indicator, and I've said it for years, Twitter employees, if he's watering down the soap, get out. Yeah. But uh, uh, back to the, like, the server thing, it's like, why do we have so many servers? Like, they're all just doing the same thing. Pulling the servers. <laughs> all these servers do the same thing. Why, do, why don't we just put everything on one server? <laughs> Guys, these ideas are free. This is why I'm going to say Can these be used to mine Dogecoin instead? Anyway, here's more on how, uh, you know, the whole toilet paper, uh, no janitor situation is going. Yeah. That has left the office in disarray. With people packed into more confined spaces, the smell of leftover takeout food and body odor has lingered on the floors, according to four current and former employees. <laughs> Bathrooms have grown dirty, these people said. And because janitorial services have largely been ended, some workers have resorted to bringing their own rolls of toilet paper from home. This fucking sucks. I, I, I mean... It's disgusting. <sighs> Back to the consent decree, though. The training process for new employees has been significantly reduced, cutting to 90 minutes what was once three days of orientation that included information on compliance with privacy and security agreements with global regulators, three people said. In one case, a new hire contacted a former employee on LinkedIn to get an understanding of how services worked at the company, according to the former worker. Oh. Hey, this is awkward, but, uh, well, you know what's going on. You know, like the FTC thing. By the way, what is the FTC thing? It's 2011. I've been asking everyone around here, and they keep pointing me in different directions. Also, I keep hearing that, like, because we're an international company, we're, like, under... We have to operate under the rules of every country that we operate in, and, like, the EU has, like, their own rules. Do you know anything about that? <sighs> Running a global social media company is a lot harder than we anticipated. Oh, well. Anyway, finally, most recently, Twitter has officially been sued by the owners of Twitter's San Francisco headquarters for simply not paying rent, as has been previously reported. I don't think they've paid any rent since he took over. Back in December, Twitter's landlords gave them five days to pay $136,000 in back rent, and Twitter just uh, didn't do it. And, so and that's a lot of money, now. but in the grand <laughs> scheme of things, uh, a San Francisco headquarters and them owing $136,000 and the value that Elon paid for the company, they, that is like a, a, the fraction of a fraction. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how like rent control might work if it even exists for office space, but I imagine they're probably locked into a decent rate because they've been occupying the building for like 15 years. Yeah. So this might not be the wisest move if they do plan to continue well, operating in the San Francisco Bay Area. Also, just the local government is based on all of the news and the fact that they're not paying their rent on time, apparently, might send some people to check on like code violations or anything else that's going yeah. on over there. So y'all are uh, sleeping in here. Sleeping and shitting in the same, okay. Okay, interesting. Mm -hmm. You Okay, yeah, great. Anyway, that lawsuit is on top of another existing lawsuit in which Twitter is being sued by a charter flights company for not paying for nearly $200,000 worth of flights from the week that Musk first took over the company. That's why he wanted to get rid of the Elon jet tracking. He's like, oh, well, now they can prove that I used all of this uh, flight stuff. So, so yeah, that's, uh, that's, you know, that's Elon's Hustlers University is uh, just don't pay your bills. Yeah, a um, lot going on. So, yeah, Twitter's going great, as we all know which is also the name of a uh, helpful new website inspired by another website we found very useful last year, Web3 is going great. The less work we have to put into keeping up with this bullshit, the better. So thank you, twitterisgoinggreat.com. 
Uh, is it a, the same person? No, it's someone else who was inspired by Web3. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but moving on now, unlike Elon Musk, we actually pay our rent and other bills because I guess we're just better at running a successful business than Elon Musk is. The facts are facts. Yeah. We may not have the billions, but we pay the rent. Between us and Elon, um, our money, our word is, is, is clearly more valuable. I might have a better credit score than Elon Musk. Uh, in a just world, you would. So, yeah, before we get into the rest of the news, it is time to talk about our sponsors who uh, keep the lights on. Starting with Honey, the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or your computer. Finding promo code deals for what you're shopping for online, it always feels great. And thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one that it finds to your cart. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you check out, the Honey button appears and all you have to do is click Apply Coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons it can find for that site. And if Honey finds a working coupon, you'll watch the prices drop. I, I had a very useful coupon uh, pop up using Honey buying some posters for my wife for Christmas. I got... Uh, Saved, saved like uh, like 20 or 30 bucks, actually. <laughs> it, was, I got, it was a really good deal. I got a good one, too, where I actually felt bad after it went through, but it's like a bigger company, so I didn't care too yeah. much. But it was like a, it's a, like a posture correction thing, and oh, it was nice. literally 33% off. And I was like, oh, all right, whatever, sure. But it works. It's the holidays. Yeah. And Honey doesn't just work on desktops. It works on your iPhone, too. Just activate it on Safari on your phone and save on the go. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this show. Get PayPal Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash itdaily. That is joinhoney.com slash itdaily. And this episode is sponsored by Factor. This new year, you've got goals, and Factor is here to help you achieve each and every one of them. Save time and have the energy that you need to tackle everything on your to-do list with Factor's ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. No excuses on those resolutions. None. Get Factor and not only skip the trip to the grocery store, but skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up, too. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. No matter what your lifestyle, Factor has the meals to help you live it to the fullest with keto, calorie-smart, vegan and veggie, and protein-plus meals on the menu each week. And you don't have to go all vegan or veggie. You don't have to go all keto. You can mix and match. It's great. You can have whatever you like. <laughs> sure. Uh, prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all of the ingredients that you need to feel satisfied all day long. With 34 chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 36-plus quick bites, smoothies, juices, and more satisfying add-ons. Looking to cut back on takeout? Get Factor instead. Not only is Factor cheaper than takeout, but meals are ready quicker than restaurant delivery. Just two minutes! Eating vegan or veggie is a snap with Factor because each meal is prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians. You know that your Factor meal has all the ingredients you want and nothing that you don't. And if you're looking to mix it up, you can add a protein to select vegan and veggie meals each week. No longer vegan or veggie. There you go. You can have both. <laughs> uh, achieve and maintain your goals this year with Factor. Get America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit and start saving time, eating well, and living your best year ever. Head to factor75.com newsday60 and use code newsday60 to get 60% off your first box. That is code newsday60 at factor75.com newsday60 to get 60% off your first box. I just got a whole box in the mail yeah. ready to and go for the new year. now you've got no excuses. Literally, no excuse. No excuse. Yeah. Oh, 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 uh, uh, but what is that I see in your fridge? Factor. So no excuses. Sorry I'm late. There was an accident on the highway. Well, you would have a lot more time if you had eaten that yeah. factor meal instead of cooking all morning. Anyway, back to the news now. And uh, I guess we should probably talk a little bit about Andrew Tate. Since it is Twitter news, 
technically, and in, in some ways. We also like avoided him for so long until like shit started to blow up because he's a very bad person who doesn't need the publicity. Yeah, his whole thing has just been um, forcing his knowledge of his existence on unsuspecting uh, minds. So uh, literal teenagers uh, voted him last year as the most influential person, which was the point in time where I said, well, fuck, we've got to tell people this guy's an idiot. Um, so if, yeah. you, if you are a teenager watching this show or you have kids in high school or something, um, tell them not to watch people like Andrew. Tate. Yeah, because you'll go to prison. Yes, anyway, you will. We won't bother explaining everything about Andrew Tate. Obviously, we probably don't even need to considering how ever present his bullshit has been online for the past year. But basically, he's a former kickboxer and current internet self-help weirdo who markets himself to stupid young men and gets them to sign up for his courses, which promise to get them rich quick. But it's it's all just bad advice, and he's, he's stealing money from you. It's a scam. He's yeah. also just a huge misogynist whose over-the-top sexism has gotten him banned from various parts of the internet, including Twitter, at least until Elon Musk let him back on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and look, say what you want about Elon Musk. He does have some wins under his belt. Yeah. With the choices that he has made. Twitter can be used for good. It can be used as a sort of honey trap, the way Parler was used on January 6th. Yeah, it's like a, a Mr. Magoo type uh, honey trap. Like, yeah. he accidentally fucked this guy Just up. let them post. Exactly. The, the FBI is like, Elon, please let them post. Yes. <laughs> so one of his recent tweets on Elon's platform was the typical weird cringe that he usually posts. But he it did end very badly for it, <laughs> as you're probably aware. So he wrote on December 27th, Hello, Greta Thunberg. I have 33 cars. My Bugatti has a W16 8.0 liter quad turbo. My two Ferrari 812 Competizions have 6.5 liters V12s. Please provide your email address so I can send a complete list of my car collection and their respective enormous emissions. Greta then quote tweeted Tate's post with, yes, please do enlighten me. Email me at smalldickenergy at getalife.com. <laughs> it's like, it's not even that good of a clapback. It's just like pretty basic. Uh, it only really like, shut the fuck up. It here. only really works if the person you're saying it to is a group of people that are the most self-conscious. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like the whole Andrew Tate shtick. It, it clearly comes from a place of deep insecurity. It's like that whole. It's a whole genre of of social media posts. You see this a lot more on Instagram, and it's not always necessarily like misogynistic people. It's just like flaunting wealth in a way where you look at it and you're like this guy hasn't paid rent or like this man is uh, making huge sacrifices to make himself look wealthy. And well, I mean, if you have to, if you have to sell like, you know, how to get rich quick things, it's like, yeah, it's like how to get strong and rich. It's the gorillionaire mindset. But yeah, that shit is always, this shit's always cringe. Just like this kind of bragging online. The, uh, fla flaunting wealth hasn't been cool since 2004 when, uh, like, it was like the Paris Hilton and, like, yeah. all of that was happening. It was just like, fuck you, stop. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, pretty basic stuff by internet clapback standards. Uh, but people really got a kick out of Greta Thunberg saying something that a lot of people were already thinking. And by all available metrics, she ratioed the shit out of him. Yeah. New ratio system and the old one. She earned 3.9 million likes and nearly 600,000 retweets versus Andrew Tate's dismal 230,000 likes and 16,000 retweets. Pathetic. Anyways, Tate took more than 12 hours to reply to Greta. Always a good sign uh, when you yeah. take that long to reply. Widely seen as just a further example of his small dick energy, as they say. And then, 24 hours after that, Andrew Tate was arrested by police in Romania, where he lives, for charges of human trafficking. Yeah, um... 
funny. It's funny. It's just a, a well, it's not. It's not funny. The reason he's being arrested is extremely serious. But yeah. the the series of events yeah. uh, that didn't necessarily lead to, but involved the the course of like three days was satisfying. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was quite a chain of events. Yes. Anyways, many inferred that Tate's use of a pizza box from a local Romanian pizza chain as a prop in his response video is what directly led to his arrest, with Romanian authorities unable to confirm he was actually in Romania until seeing via the pizza box that he indeed was. Now, this is apparently not true, and it doesn't really make much sense when you do think about it, but still, it is fun to choose to believe that Andrew Tate trying and failing to own Greta Thunberg is what got him arrested. I choose to believe. Uh, the truth, however, is that uh, all the human trafficking and sexual assault he allegedly does has and has openly alluded to or even bragged about over the years, that's what got him arrested. And, and authorities said that they, uh, they were waiting for clearance to go. And look, I don't know, who's to say? I don't it, know how the law works in Romania, but the, the the whole reason he even fucking lives in Romania is because he faces potential, like... Extradition or... Uh, well, like, back in England, and I think maybe even the U.S., he faces potential charges for sexual-related crimes. And he stated at one point, he's like, in Romania, like, they let you get away with a lot more. The pizza box thing was uh, a nice way for people to heal over the holiday break, because everyone got to say, fuck you, you stupid idiot. Yeah. 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 One last hurrah for the late for I don't know. Yeah, 2022. If, if this man, with his very annoying, weird way of talking, is who you look up to, you need, you need a, uh, you need a father figure in your life, son. And I'm willing to be that father figure. I mean, yeah, you. you I drive a 2010 Honda Insight, <laughs> and it's reliable as fuck. I, I drive a four eco, cylinders, an eco-friendly truck. <laughs> eco-friendly. Yeah. But, you know, it, I could be doing better. Looking shit. into upgrading to some form of Hyundai this year, so... Hey, that's a reliable automobile. It really is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe a Kia. I like oh! The, I like the new branding. I like how they changed the logo, so it's just... Oh, yeah, they got... A, the electric cars are decent with Kia, too, I've heard, for the yeah. price. There you go. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we do have to wait to hear more details about that whole case as it develops. But let's move on now to what was the biggest tech story of the Christmas holiday for hundreds of thousands of Americans. The fact that Southwest Airlines' antiquated system for where planes and flight crews are at any given time is a total fucking mess that can completely collapse on itself during peak travel periods, like the Christmas holiday. Mm. Unusually severe winter storms were, of course, going to lead to problems for all the airlines, but Southwest was especially unprepared. The New York Times explains further. The storm, aviation experts said, had a disproportionate impact on Southwest because the company configures its network differently from the way the country's three other large airlines, American Airlines, Delta Airlines, and United Airlines, set up theirs. Most carriers operate on a hub-and-spoke basis, with planes returning to a hub airport after flying out to other cities. United has hubs, for example, at the airports serving Newark, Houston, and Denver. While Southwest does have a large presence at certain airports, it uses a point-to-point -point approach in which planes tend to fly from destination to destination without returning to one or two main hubs. Hub-and-spoke airlines can shut down specific routes when bad weather hits, and with good planning, the companies can have crews and planes in place to restart operations when, on, when conditions improve. But Southwest can't do that as easily without disrupting multiple flights and routes, industry analyst Henry Hartevelt said. It continues... Union leaders said a main cause of Southwest's problems was inadequate computer systems that they said had failed to efficiently match crews with flights when cancellations started to accumulate. Quote, They had committed to us that they have spent time and money on the infrastructure, but it has not been enough, said Miss Montgomery, the union leader. 
the House of Cards has fallen. And on top of all that, Southwest was already dealing with staffing shortages, so... Yeah, and they were uh, on a bad foot with their staff over uh, medical leave and stuff. You know, there's flu season, RSV season. Um, yeah, so they were already on, on a bad foot with their employees before all this shit hit the fan. Yeah. The staff who did remain apparently were forced to have to call into Southwest scheduling department so that Southwest even knew where they were. But uh, because of Southwest's inadequate customer service department, staff were waiting on the line for hours and in many cases couldn't get approval for hotel rooms to rest between flights. So they flew out from point A to point B. At point B, they get stuck because the place, point C is inaccessible. So they got to stay in point B for a while. All right, let me just call in and get approval for this unexpected hotel stay that I'm going to have to do uh, by FAA law. Yeah. Uh, so let me just call in. Okay, I'm on the phone for 12 hours, not getting sleep. This fucking sucks. Meanwhile, all the other stranded passengers are booking every single thing within driving distance, so. Yeah. Um, so passengers, though, got the worst of it due to Southwest lack of a ticket exchange policy with other airlines. People were just kind of shit out of luck scheduling new flights without having to buy them at wildly inflated prices. Um my sister-in-law and her husband, they're only up in San Francisco, but they were planning to fly down Southwest. Their flight got canceled. They ended up just driving. So that's but... what's insane about this like non-hub and spoke thing is like relatively unaffected on the West Coast for the most part, but, but yeah, can't even go San Francisco to LA. It slows down the, the whole, yeah, you, you, you get caught up in any spot on the, the track. You're fucked. But yeah, they were like, they ended up driving, which like, it's not a big deal driving down the coast. But when they initially were looking at replacement flights with other airlines, they it was like thousands of dollars for the 45 minute flight from San Francisco to LAX. Oh yeah. So they're like, okay, we're just gonna just gonna get in the car, I guess. Yeah. So um, yeah. Meanwhile, they're checked luggage for a lot of these people because Southwest operates on another interesting system where your luggage isn't necessarily in your plane. So checked luggage was ending up unattended at these people's destinations while they were still stranded. Um, there was, I saw videos from LAX. There was entire like cavernous rooms just filled with unattended luggage yeah and um people were like uh i guess people at some of these destinations actually started they'd look at tags on the unattended bags and, and text them. people and people were like oh my god thank you i've been like no one can tell me where the fuck my bag is i saw one video where a guy was reunited with his bag after like a week and like everyone was clapping <laughs> and you know you make the best out of a bad situation but it's, yeah. yeah like it was funny to it, see did you also see the other like really funny thing that I saw was the uh, the the ball drop where people are watching the smoking deaths for the year and it was like 500,000 smoking deaths and it dropped to zero at midnight and everyone's like, woo! What? Yeah, it's 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 their version of the ball drop. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Because technically no smoking deaths at 1201 yet. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, people still haven't gotten their luggage back over a week later. A lot of people are still just, hey. It's that bag. It has a lot of gifts that I was planning on giving people. Um, yeah. It's not really Christmas anymore, but uh, it would also, be nice to have them. All my cold weather clothes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyways, just an absolutely miserable holiday for Southwest customers and Southwest crew and anyone unfortunate enough to be dealing with the customer service end of this. You wonder yeah. why people don't want to fucking work for these wages? Um, listen yeah. to how you probably talked to them over the holiday break. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, the Southwest crew, despite being equally screwed over, had to work overtime getting yelled at by rightfully furious customers directing their anger at Southwest the only way they had available to them, which is a human being who's yeah. just trying to, to, to 
be so there. much of the U.S. service economy now is just having people in a place to be yelled at, like punching bags. Well, yeah, because bags. yes, it, it is. <laughs> you're you're taking the actual people responsible for the business decisions yeah. away from it and just feeding these like. People. Yeah, the people actually responsible for this, they're off, they're in their cabana down yeah, at the resort. They're not even aware that this yeah. problem's fucking happening outside of, like, their stock going down. So, whatever. Um, and yeah, that. that was just the terminal workers who get yelled at constantly for the entire holiday season, just having their ego and their, their self-worth destroyed. Uh, but at least they had central heating. Uh, the workers out in the tarmac apparently were so overworked that uh, a lot of them got frostbite. Not good. So in conclusion, fuck Southwest and also fuck Pete Buttigieg. It's your fucking job to yeah, do something like, about this. This was the one thing. It's so infuriating seeing like those blue wave Dems. They're like, well, what do you expect him to do? Like, I don't know. He's a transportation secretary. Literally anything. Punish them. Punish the airlines. That's his job. Punish them. Yes. There's rules. It would be sick if he did. That would be get bipartisan support if Pete Buttigieg just fucking bitch slapped Southwest with and literally anything other than yeah. we're looking into it. Every citizen would be like, yeah, you know what? Fuck the airlines. Yeah. It's such an easy win. It's yeah. a dunk. But, uh... Hey, but look, sometimes when we, when we do this shit, stuff actually happens. So maybe he'll do something now and make us look bad, which I would appreciate. Oh, make no, us I, look stupid. Pete, I would be so owned if you actually did something to punish Southwest Airlines for this. Every time that a politician that I have begrudgingly voted for because there are no better options does something that aligns with my political views, I'm so owned. I'm so owned. I am embarrassed. Oh, oh, I'm a corn cob. Yeah. yeah. So, Turn me into a fucking corn I, cob. I hope he doesn't. Do something. Do his job. Yeah. Uh, anyways, we do have plenty more to cover for the rest of the week now that we're back. Um, yeah, a lot... A lot of is serious, but also like just absurdly silly stuff. Like the George Santos thing is so. I, that was one that was falling very casually, but it was like every like every day that I'd see new posts. Like he lied about this too. He also oh, the best lied was, about this. The best was because I took like a, a social break, like going on, and then seeing the compilation. Like I saw like a notepad yeah. of, of things, and I was like. It's like waking up from a coma, yeah. and you're like, there's no way that should actually happen. Yeah, he's like the, the talented Mr. Ripley runs for Congress. It's great. I love it. Uh, so, yeah, we have the many, many lies of Mr. George Santos. Uh, we also have Malachi Love Robinson being back in the news. Uh, we also have former Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro. Uh, he's Florida man now. He, he's going to run for governor of Florida and win, despite and, not even speaking English. And I it's love that, happen. I love that one of the first images of him in Florida is that a KFC just <laughs> just mowing down on. He's a, American on a, now. It, yeah. This is where he was supposed to be. Yes. Uh, put get that man to the closest ostrich farm you can find. Yeah. Uh, so the list goes on. The news, the news never changes. News never changes. But I do believe that we have. Uh, you know, if um, Jacob Wall rightfully goes into the shadows for a while because of everything See, else. I, I've been urging Elon at every opportunity to unban uh, the unfairly censored Jacob oh, Wall account. Man. Bring him back because uh, he needs he needs Twitter because after seeing what happened to Andrew Tate, I'm like, let him back on. Let Jacob Wall back on. Well, I think George Santos is going to cover up a lot of the ground that uh, Jacob Wall was responsible for creating. Like... It, it, uh, a liar, a, a habitual liar, the, obviously this guy is, being backed into a corner is, well, it's going to do wonders. And I believe Marjorie Taylor Greene has started defending him. Uh, so... She's running out of friends. 
Yeah. She doesn't even have Bobert. Her and uh, Lauren oh my God. Bobert. Friendship ended with Lauren Bobert. As soon as you see her now sign Matt up for one of those flat earth Facebook groups, then you know it's over. Yeah. I just need friends, God damn it. But uh, yeah, look, we're back. The news isn't always good, but we're here to try to make it a little more, uh, you know, whatever, funny, I guess. So uh, if you need someone to watch that isn't Andrew Tate, try us. Thank you for being here. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Leave a like if you want to. And of course, leave a comment, engage. Yeah. Welcome back. Uh, we hope you have a great 2023 and we look forward to spending it with you. Yep. See you soon. You can watch these if you want. They're old. Yeah, they're very old. You've seen them already. Yeah. Bye. Bye.